0: Davidson, I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. I spoke this last Wednesday about a period in my life about the ni- in about the 80s or 90s. I cannot remember exactly when it was, but it was a time where it didn't matter what I did, I felt guilty. I felt guilty about everything I did, about everything I thought. I felt guilty about turning on the TV. I felt guilty about commercials. I felt guilty about what I fed my family. I felt guilty if I didn't feed my family. I felt guilty about everything. We were instructed here to read the Psalms out loud. And I would read those Psalms, and I'd get to the part where it said, destroy the wicked, O God, and i think, oh, my God, I'm a dead man. And I would just burst into tears because I knew I was the wicked one in Psalms that was gonna get it. And I went to God finally and I said, I can't do this. I said, I can't go on. I am guilty about everything. I feel nothing but guilt. I said, I can't read the Psalms, they're killing me. And the Lord said, I want you to go read Luke. And what the Lord did with giving me the book of Luke to begin with, was he brought me to the gospel. When God was finished with me, giving me the revelation of the gospel, and that's an ongoing process, by the way. But when I got that first revelation of the gospel, and I understood what Jesus did for me on that tree, and when he was buried and rose again, the guilt went away. There is no guilt today. None. None. And I'm going to show you some words today, and if you will believe them, if you will trust them, if you will look at them, if you will get them in your heart, the guilt will go away, and you will walk as a son and as a daughter of God. We're going to start uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24. I'm going to read one verse here, and then we're going to go to the same story in Chronicles. But I want us to see the two different ways that this story began. This is about David. And it says, 2 Samuel 24, verse 1. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Do you see that? The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, against a country. God was angry with a country. So when he was angry with a country, what did he do? And he moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. He moved David to make a bad decision. Do you see that? God was angry with a country. So he moved his leader to make a bad decision. And we will see what comes out of that. Now let's look at the same verse in 1 Chronicles 21. How did God move David? Because he was angry with Israel. Verse 1, and Satan stood up against Israel. And provoked David to number Israel. Why could Satan stand up? Because God was angry with Israel. Now, go down to verse 7 with me. In 1 Chronicles 21. David numbered Israel. And he figured out real quick that he had sinned. And 7. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore he smote Israel. Well, we're going to talk about the gospel today. But you have to understand three things. Number one. God is God, and He never changes. He does not change. The covenant changed, but God did not change, will not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has no shadow of turning. God never changes. Second thing, the Word of God does not change. The Word of God is forever The Word of God was before the world, and it'll be after the world. It is here forever, and it cannot be changed. Jesus himself said it cannot be broken. So now God doesn't change, and the Word doesn't change. The only thing that changed was the covenant. That's the only thing that changed. So the same God I'm reading here in 1 Chronicles is the same God in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He didn't change. Got that? All right, now we go on. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he smote Israel. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly, because I've done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And the Lord spoke unto Gad, David's seer, his prophet, saying, Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Choose thee either three years famine or three months to be destroyed before thy foes, while that the sword of thine enemies overtake thee, or else three days the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coasts of Israel. Notice here, the word of God never changes. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. David has three choices. How do you want him to die? How do you want him to die? Do you want him to die by famine? Do you want him to die by the sword? Or do you want him to die by the pestilence? You pick. But Somebody's going to die. And it says, Now, therefore, advise thyself what word I shall bring again to him that sent me. And David said unto Gad. Notice, God's not talking to David. God sent a prophet. He's not talking to David. David has to talk to the prophet. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel. And there fell of Israel 70,000 men died. 70,000 men died. Why? Why? Back to 1 Samuel, God was angry with Israel. And then God sent an angel, verse 15, unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil, and said unto the angel that destroyed, It is enough. Stay thou not in hand. And the angel Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand, stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their faces. And David said unto God, Is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord God, be on me and on my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. And the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David, that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spoke in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel, and his four sons with them hid themselves. Now, Ornan was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornan, Ornan saw, looked and saw David, went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. This was a serious deal here. You got an angel above you with a sword drawn over Jerusalem. That gets your attention. Then David said to Ornan, grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord, that thou shalt grant it for me for full price that the plague, may be stayed from the people, that I can stop this thing. I'm going to use your floor. I need to stop this thing. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. And King David said to Ornan, No, nay, but I will verily buy it for full price, For I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. So David gave to Ornan for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings. What's a burnt offering? It's an animal that has been slaughtered. An animal that has been slaughtered. Remember, the life is in the blood. And God had that blood. The wages of sin is death. And he had to have blood. So David offered, slaughtered animals for burnt offerings and peace offerings. And look at here. And God answered from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. God answered him. God answered David. He sacrificed all these animals, all the blood running everywhere. And God answered him with fire. And the Lord commanded the angel... And he put up his sword again into the sheath thereof. He stopped the angel. He stopped the angel with his sacrifices. He sacrificed the animals. God saw it. God was satisfied. And he stopped the angel. And the angel put his sword back into the sheath. Now, turn with me to Ephesians 5. Verse 1. Be you, therefore, followers of God as dear children. Verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And look at this next statement. How did he love us? And has given himself for an offering. Has given himself for an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Jesus became a sacrifice. Let's take a look at that sacrifice. Turn with me to Isaiah 52 verse 13. Behold, my servant. Three beautiful words. Behold, my servant. Shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted, extolled, and be very high. As many were astonished at thee. The word is stunned. Stunned. As many were astonished at thee. His visage, his appearance was so marred, so marred more than any man. And his form more than the sons of men. That sacrifice, Jesus on the cross, was marred more than any man. And his form more than the sons of men. Marred more. I can hear you. You're talking about this again. You've talked about this every week. Thank God. Thank God. We are going to look at the body of Jesus on the cross. We're going to look at that sacrifice. But I don't like when you talk about every bone out of joint and the pain that he went through. I understand that. But there will be a day when you can look at that cross and Jesus on it. And it will be the most comforting thing you have ever seen. The most comforting thing you have ever seen. And one of the most powerful. Because that body had your sin on it when it was marred more than any man. Who marred it? God. Who marred it? Who put him on the tree? God. Why? To take our sin on his own body. Jesus, who loved us, who loved us, gave himself as a sacrifice. A sacrifice for us. And his body became marred more than any man. Let's go on. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard shall they consider. Who has believed our report? For whom, to, the, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Before who? Before the Father. And as a root out of a dry ground. Here on the cross. He has no form. Nor comeliness. And when we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus so marred. He didn't even look like a man. Didn't even look like a man. Psalm 22 states. All my bones are out of joint. Marred more than any man. Why? Remember that thing you've done? It was on that body. You see what sin does to a body? You know, he was was crucified with two others. And it doesn't say that they look like he did. In fact, I want you to turn to Matthew 27 for me. Verse 54. And when, when he died on the cross. And now the centurion. The centurion, the soldier that was right there with him. And they that were with him, the centurion. Watching Jesus. Now you you know you've got to assume the man had seen some other people crucified that this was not a new thing for this centurion he had seen other crucifixions you couldn't live in Jerusalem and not see a crucifixion if you went on the side where Golgotha was it says Jesus watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done those things that were done greatly feared. There was something with this body dying that the other bodies didn't have. This centurion saw it and he was afraid. Afraid. Why would a centurion, a centurion that's got guys being executed, why would he be afraid? He said he saw the earthquake and the things that were done, he was greatly afraid. And you know what he said? Surely this is the son of God. Surely this is the son of God and this guy's hanging on a cross. Every bone at a joint your sin being paid for. Your sin being taken from you and put on that sacrifice. I want to get it in your hearts that was your sacrifice on the tree. Yours. That was your sin that was put on him. That was your sickness. That was put on him. That was your perversities that was put on him. That was your fear put on him. That was your sadness put on him. That was your desperate measures put on him. Put on that tree, your doubt, your unbelief, your religion, your self-righteousness, your pride put on that body. That body is your sacrifice marred more than any man. Do you see what God thinks of sin? Do you see what God thinks of sin? Jesus was sin. He that knew no sin became sin, that you might be the righteousness of God. That's what God thinks of sin. And Jesus became your sin. Now, in the story of David that we read, God accepted David's sacrifice. How do you know? Because God sent fire on the sacrifice. What did God do with your sacrifice? What did he do with your sacrifice? Was it accepted? Was that sacrifice accepted? Let's go back to Isaiah 53, verse 10. And yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It made God happy. That Jesus became your sin. It made God happy that Jesus was marred more than any man for you. Don't forget that was your sin on him. Your sin on him. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Well, Now shall make his soul, Jesus' soul, an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. God was satisfied with the sacrifice made for you. And By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. The next verse, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he has poured out his soul unto death, he was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many, made intercession for the transgressors. What happened here? God was satisfied and He raised Jesus from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead. You know what happened when He raised Jesus from the dead? He told you, Your sins are forgiven. Your sins went with that body on the tree, they went to hell with Jesus, and then God raised him from the dead with no sin, no sin. Your sin went to hell, and it's gone. It's been paid for. And if you will trust that, if you will rely on that crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, your guilt will go away because your sin is in hell, not on you. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box eight six one three two seven, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com